What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. All right, guys, it was a crazy weekend of college basketball for the men's Final Four. The first game, the number one Baylor Bears taking on the number two Houston Cougars. And, yeah, this game was not close at all. Baylor really dismantled Houston very early. They had a 25-point lead at halftime. And, yeah, Baylor played an all-around really solid game. Really good performance out of Jared Butler. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 33 minutes for Baylor. Davion Mitchell... 12 points, 11 assists. Macy Oteague, 11 points. And yeah, Eller really took it to Houston. This was a battle of Texas, so that was pretty interesting. And uh, yeah. Baylor moves on to the national championship game, and they have been a great team all season. They're 27-2, and and I don't really know how Gonzaga is going to be able to take them down. But that's going to be a great game on Monday night. And now let's break down the Gonzaga game, which ended with probably one of the best buzzer beaters in the March Madness tournament I've ever seen. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, he probably knocked down one of the toughest shots I've seen in years. Probably like two steps from the main court logo with 0.3 seconds left on the clock. He drills... A freaking three to win the game for Gonzaga. UCLA played a hell of a game, led by Johnny Juzang, who played amazing in this tournament. 29 points, six rebounds, two assists, and 45 minutes for UCLA. But Drew Timmy, the kid with the stash, he's been a favorite of many, I'm sure, during the tournament. He had 25 points last night, four rebounds, two assists in 38 minutes. Kispert for Gonzaga, he had a tough night shooting from three, was two for eight, but he had 15 points last night, five assists, five rebounds, two steals, and a block. And the star of the night, Jalen Suggs, 16 points, two threes. Six assists, five rebounds, two steals, one block. And then Joel Ayai. That's an awesome last name. Ayai. <laughs> uh, he had a really good game last night. 22 points for Gonzaga in 42 minutes. Six rebounds, two assists, two steals. This was a very exciting game. And it really came down to the wire, and this was a close game throughout. Unlike the Baylor game, this was a very close or tied game at many points during the game. Like, it was 
very close. I think there were like over 10 lead changes. I think they said like 15 or something by the end of the game. And this was one of the classic games that we hope for as sports fans. It sets up a really great national championship game between Gonzaga and Baylor, both number one seeds, both have had incredible seasons. Gonzaga, obviously, they're going for a perfect record. They're 31-0. They're trying to be 32-0. By the end of the season, they need to take down Baylor to do that. And that's Monday, 9.20 p.m. on CBS. To switch up the topic, yesterday the Knicks absolutely dismantled the uh, Detroit Pistons. We really needed a win last night, and the Knicks won 125 to 81. <laughs> yeah, and Julius Randle scored 20 of his 29 points in the first quarter last night, and I was saying to myself, oh, could this be one of the nights he goes off for like... 45-50. Nah, he just finished with 29, but we still got the win. And, yeah. That was a very exciting game last night by the Knicks. Reggie Bullock was on fire last night. Six for ten from three-point range last night. He's honestly lighting it up as of late. He's been great this whole entire season for the Knicks. He's really stepped up as an essential player for us. R.J. Barrett, 14 points last night. Four assists, two steals, one block. Alfred Payton, 11 points, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals, and a block. Like I mentioned, Julius Randle, 29 points, eight rebounds, three assists, 30 minutes last night. Emmanuel quickly 12 points off of the bench in 18 minutes for the Knicks. Three rebounds, three assists. And the Knicks really needed a win, get back to their winning ways after they dropped a few games. They really needed it. They lost three in a row. Obviously, they need to keep winning to stay in the positive in a positive uh, playoff seed at the moment they are currently in 7th place right now a half game out of 6 behind Atlanta in front of them is Miami and they're tied with the Hornets for 4th Eight and a half out of first. And then in third, we got the Bucks, who are two games out. And the Nets are tied with the 76ers for the top seed in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah, the Knicks just need to keep on winning. And if they can play anything like how they played last night, They'll be okay. And it was an incredible performance last night by the Knicks, obviously against, like, not a great team in the 
Pistons, they're the last seed in the entire Eastern Conference. They're 14 and 35. But the Knicks needed to uh, get back to their winning ways. And tomorrow night, I, yeah, tomorrow night, they're playing the Nets in Brooklyn at 7 o'clock. Obviously, uh, we'll have to wait and see who they uh, put out on the floor for Brooklyn. If uh, Kyrie is without James Harden, maybe we have a shot. But if James Harden plays, we're going to have to be on a raid game. And obviously, KD is still out talking shit to uh, celebrities in his free time. <laughs> I can't believe they fined Kevin Durant 50 k for talking shit to Michael Rappaport <laughs> over the Dave Portnoy fucking drama. It's pretty funny. But, you know, KD could definitely afford to talk shit to anybody that he wants. And usually uh, he uses burner accounts to do it, apparently. That was like the talk of the internet. <laughs> that he would talk back to fans and basically voice his opinions towards them. And Yeah. But that's that. If the Knicks can beat the Nets... That would be a really big step for the Knicks moving forward, but honestly, like, don't see it happening. Won't get my hopes up for that. Hopefully, we don't get completely destroyed by Brooklyn, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, moving on. Unfortunately, the Mets' whole series with the Washington Nationals for the opening series of the year got postponed because of COVID. And yeah, so I've been uh, watching the Yankees and the Yankees have been playing pretty well. Second game of the season. They won yesterday against Toronto 5-3. to three. And Gary Sanchez hit a home run for the second consecutive game, which is a really good sign for Yankee fans. Hopefully he can get back to a positive offensive year. And, yeah, he obviously had his uh, slumps with hitting and stuff like that. So if he was able to correct anything that could help him, good for Gary. He's one of my favorite Yankees to watch. He's honestly a great leader for the team. And if he could hit, even better. And then the Yankees have good additions this year from getting Jay Bruce. And obviously yesterday on the mound for the Yankees, Corey Kluber, who is one of the better pitchers in baseball. The Yankees have an insane rotation when they're going to be healthy. Obviously, having Garrett Cole, who is a... Premier pitcher can win the Cy Young in any year from now on, really. Um, the Yankees are in a really good position. They play again today at 1 o'clock. And, yeah, baseball's back. And, yeah, it's definitely good to have baseball back on TV. Been watching way too much basketball as of late. And, yeah.
All right, moving forward, some UFC upcoming fights next weekend. Kevin Holland stepping in to fight Marvin Vittori on a 10 days notice. And yeah, really looking forward to seeing if he's going to be able to correct the mistakes that he made in his last fight. And hopefully he's able to have a better showing against Marvin Vittori, who is one of the tougher contenders in the middleweight division. So, yeah, Kevin Holland against Marvin Vittori, that's on ABC, which is uh, obviously just basic cable, so that's going to be a pretty intense fight. Also, on this card, Mike Perry, who is a very outspoken fighter, he's fighting Daniel Rodriguez. Mike Perry, 14-7, and 13-2 for Rodriguez. And Mike Perry is a very outspoken guy. He's been in the news a lot for not having probably the best control of his emotions when he's out in public and being a professional fighter. When you get drunk, you have registered weapons on your hands. So he's like beat up guys at bars and like videos have surfaced of him being a psycho and like whatever. And he's just trying to... Figure it out, I guess. So he's fighting on the prelims. And he needs to win this fight. He hasn't had the best go in his last couple fights. So, yeah. That's going to be a good one to watch. There's a lot of fights on this card. On the main card, we got Nina Ansarov, who is Amanda Nunes' wife. She's fighting Mackenzie Dern, 10-1, which is going to be an insane fight in the women's strawweight division. And, uh, yeah. Then we got Sam Alvey, 33-14-1 in his career against Julian Marquez which is the dude that basically called out Miley Cyrus after he freaking won <laughs> and wanted to be uh, Miley Cyrus's Valentine before Valentine's Day. So this guy is back in there. He's a pretty entertaining fighter. And uh, hopefully he actually calls out somebody if he uh, wins this time because he's just getting thrown in there into one of the uh, – Longest standing veterans in the UFC, Sam Alvey. He's been around for a long time. So that's going to be an interesting one. That's on the main card on ABC. And then we got Kyle Dawkins, 10-1 against Ali Askov. His rib. Wow, that took me a minute to read. He's 13-0 from Russia. That's going to be a crazy fight also. Then we got Arnold Allen. You can actually read that name. <laughs> Thank God. 16-1 <laughs> against Sodik Yusev. 11-1. There's a lot of good fights on this card. And, yeah. 
looking forward to uh, seeing some good fights. And I saw some good fights Friday night. And to change this up, I don't normally watch Bellator too often. Like, obviously, I'm a huge UFC fan. I'm a big fan of 1FC. Also, that's kind of the uh, main promotion in Asia. They have a lot of good fights over there. That stuff basically just... It's like a day ahead over there, so it's basically just always available on YouTube. So, for Bellator, they just signed a new deal with Showtime Sports. Obviously, the, one of the biggest um, channels that's on premium television, especially for sports. The boxing has been a mainstay for a long time. And now moving into the MMA world, I saw a lot of good fights on this Bellator card, Bellator 255. It was headlined by Patricio Pitbull, who is one of the best featherweights on the planet. And this was in the main event of the featherweight. I believe they call it the Grand Prix or something like that. And now he's he's a two-division weight champion. He's a featherweight and lightweight champion in Bellator, and he basically finished this guy in the first round. And he basically jumped onto this guy and got him in a guillotine choke and put him to sleep four minutes and 32 seconds into the first round. So very quick fight. And now he's going to be fighting AJ McKee, who is an undefeated fighter for Bellator for the Bellator championship and a million dollar prize. Also on this card, there were a bunch of good fights. One of them was Khabib Ramagomedov's cousin. And Khabib was cornering him and his cousin won he picked up the victory his cousin's name is Usman Nurmagomedov he won by unanimous decision and then Neiman Gracie he was in a fight, and he's a part of the Gracie family, which is one of the most highly respected families in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They basically created jiu-jitsu, the Gracies. So like, they normalized it in today's culture and whatnot, and they're like a big part of like what it is. He fought Jason Jackson, and... This guy is a former fighter in LFA, which is a smaller promotion that a lot of guys fight in to get to the UFC. And yeah, Jackson basically was up against the cage and his eye scraped against the cage. So he was fighting basically with one eye until the third round. And that happened in the second round. So he was being 
controlled by Gracie, obviously on the ground pretty well. And then he was able to um, regain his composure and he ended up beating Gracie in this fight. So that was honestly insane. And um, yeah, now... Jason Jackson, he moves up the ranks in the Bellator welterweight division and will be fighting for a title soon. So, yeah, Bellator is definitely fun to watch, like, especially when there's not UFC on. It's on Fridays and Saturdays most of the time. So, yeah, that's that. And, yeah, this past week, some streetwear pickups that I got. I didn't really go crazy on Supreme this week. I just picked up that Muhammad Ali shirt that I was talking about just for personal it's honestly pretty fresh when I got it in person and I picked up two of the uh, palace shirts that I was talking about that have like the Gatorade mock-up on it. And they also did a collaboration with Reebok last week, but obviously Reebok isn't really that fire, but I just picked up a pack of socks because of, I don't know. I thought it was a decent design for the collab. So obviously Supreme this week, 11 a.m. on Thursday. Haven't heard anything for Kiff this week. And yeah, Palace drops Friday, 11 a.m. Some new music that I've been listening to. Really been listening to Rod Wave's album. I've been a fan of his for a while now. He really popped off last year or so. His album Soulfly is really fire. A couple songs that I really have been playing a lot. Blame on You. And um, Don't Forget... And he has a song, Richer, featuring Polo G, which is really fire, and Gone Till November. It's a great album. Check it out, Rod Wave. If you're not on it, you should uh, learn about him. Then this newer artist that I've been listening to, Slat Z. He's from Tennessee, I believe. Uh, he released a new song called Lean On. I've been playing it a lot. Really fire. And uh, he signed to 100K, which has a lot of artists like Melly. Obviously, King Von was on there and stuff like that. So, yeah. I've been listening to those type of artists. 24K Golden's album still in heavy rotation. Has a lot of good songs on there. My favorite song probably is Company featuring Future. That's no surprise really, but you know, is what it is. And uh, yeah, 
a new song from um, 42 Dog and Roddy Rage for the gang. I've been listening to that a lot. And then Lil TJ just dropped a new album. Haven't listened to that yet, but I'm I'm a fan of Lil TJ. He's a pretty good artist, New York artist. So have to listen to that. And obviously, I'm still waiting on Drake. And who knows when Drake's dropping, you know. But there was a rumor that he could potentially be dropping a project in collaboration with Rick Ross. Like, that would be a crazy, crazy project if that ever decided to uh, see the light of day. And one of the biggest projects that I'm waiting on currently is... The Voice and the Hero, which is potentially going to be the collaboration album between Lil Baby and Lil Durk. And that's going to be insane when that drops. That's going to be like probably as big as Drip or Drown or Drip Harder. <laughs> like with Lil Baby and Gunna. Like that's going to be. A huge project when that comes out. I hope they do tours for that, and that's gonna be that's gonna be something when they decide to drop that. They're two of the biggest artists right now, and they have definitely commanded the rap game for the better part of the last couple of years. And they make really good music together. Finesse Out the Gangway was a preview for this album, and like. I really hope that it releases in time for summer, and obviously it is, but it's coming soon. Also, YSL, their collaborative album, Slime Language 2, Young Thug, Gunna, that whole crew, that album should be dropping soon too. I hope really need some new Young Thug, it's that type of music that I need for the summer. That upbeat, energetic. Him and Gunna, I need new music. <laughs> I feel like it's been too long since we've gotten a cohesive project from Young Thugs and so much fun and just like some singles and features here and there. But, you know, he's one of my favorite artists, realistically, and has been for a decent amount of time. I'm also looking forward to obviously Roddy Rich dropping new music and he's saying in interviews that he wants to create like timeless music and has been taking his time creating his next album and wanted it to get back to like what he was doing on his first project for Feed the Streets and yeah he's a great artist and Please excuse me for being antisocial. It was one of my favorite albums of 2019. Like, I played it all the time, literally, like, everywhere. Like, so many times I listened to that. That was a great project. I hope he follows up with a great album. He's one of my favorite artists as well and has been for a minute now. I feel like he creates music in a very interesting way and doesn't really stick to the norms that a lot of artists in the industry just kind of sound similar. 
Roddy Rich tries to kind of make himself unique in a way. And, yeah. That's just my two cents on that. I was watching the new movie, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. (laughs) That shit was crazy. Highly recommend watching that a little elevated. (laughs) The special effects were really good. The storyline was kind of eh, but you know, it is what it is. And yeah, I've been watching King Kong movies since I was like six years old. So like for them to still make these, I know they made one a couple years ago. Uh, the Skull Island one. This one's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a unique take on a modern mythological clash between Godzilla and King Kong. And it's fucking crazy. It's on HBO Max and this uh, movie theater quality movie. And they're doing that a lot lately. And Another movie that's going to be like that is Space Jam 2, which the official trailer finally released. And Space Jam was one of my favorite movies growing up. Honestly, probably one of the main reasons why Michael Jordan was like such an influence on me at such a young age. Like he's always been a role model and like just like a figure in sports that exemplified greatness like michael jordan is one of the greatest athletes with the best mind for business and creating the parallel between business and sports and entertainment and without michael jordan there wouldn't be lebron and now lebron is starring in the sequel to space jam which is coming out July 16th on HBO Max and in theaters. And yeah, I really like that new model of things just coming right to the streaming services. Like it makes it a lot easier for the consumer to actually be able to enjoy a movie from the comfort of their own home. And obviously in this day and age with COVID and whatnot, like that's like probably the biggest issue of like getting the whole family together and getting to a movie theater and paying for snacks and whatnot. Like now you literally could just click a button. It pairs to your TV in two seconds seamlessly. And like, you're able to enjoy a movie like that in the comfort of your home. Pretty dope. Technology is dope, bro. It amazes me sometimes. And like, I'm obviously someone that grew up with technology and shit like this, but like, it just makes things so much fucking easier. And I don't know where that came from, but you know, that's what happens on this episode. And that's what happens on this show. And it's been an episode of One Stop Shop. Peace out.